and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And I'm your friend and editor, Zach. And this is Beam Saber, The Rings of Woden, Episode 1. How are you doing, my friends? Uh, pretty good. You guys just fed me. I feel a lot better. <laughs> Got my energy back, ready to do robot stuff. The magic of food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like waking up a little bit. It's a little late. We got started recording late, but we're good. Everything's great. What are you doing right now? High energy. What is this? <laughs> it's a little bit of like a wave kind of thing. Okay. Just this, to kind is of... this normal? I don't yeah. see this normal. So yes, but like post coffee at like actually actually everything that's happening is very typical for when he is like very frustrated with technology and okay. we've taken a long time. Gotcha. Like that is actually pretty typical for what's happening. I gotta like shake out the anxiety, I gotta shake out the, the, the anger. There's a physicalness to you guys that I'm not used to because it's normally just sort of auditory. Yeah. An auditory experience for me. So I, I move a lot when talking and I feel like you can definitely hear that in the audio. I feel like you you can hear less of his movements, but he, he moves a lot. You have an active voice. If that okay, it feels like you're I'll doing t- stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's good. I have listened to raw recordings of me, and I'll be like, "Wow, Diana, you must have leaned all the way so far away from the <laughs> microphone while you were talking. That was a bad choice." But I do that because I move around a lot. But he moves around too. It's just more stationary, moving. <laughs> so. Beam Saber is a game of mecha warfare by Austin Ramsey. It is currently on Kickstarter at the time of this podcast release, probably. I believe it's going to Kickstarter early March, when I think this episode is coming out. So check it out at Kickstarter, uh, Beam Saber. I believe you can find that at tinyurl.com forward slash Beam Saber Kickstarter. You can find Austin Ramsey at not an in on Twitter. And uh, I highly recommend checking this out. This is a game that we played at Breakout Con with Austin, and it was a wonderful time. And this is my first time trying to GM it, my first time trying to GM a Forged in the Dark game. So uh, sorry, Austin, please um, take pity on me. <laughs> and, and, and don't, I apologize if I mess up anything in this game. But I'm very excited. We did a session zero where we made our characters and made our squad. And I think we're going to jump in. Is there anything that I'm missing? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Yeah. What do you guys, what do you two think about the mecha genre? What's your favorite thing about mechs? Okay, those are two different questions. So, okay, what's your favorite thing about mechs? That's the uh, final question. That, uh, I guess that they're robots. <laughs> yep, that's oh, my final answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't have a lot of experience with the genre, but... <laughs> just watching you play with models. Um, that's my favorite part about it. Is with I have a whole bunch of uh, mecha Gundam action figures and uh, models on the table for this recording to give yeah. to give my players inspiration. But we so we played um, mechs and the plowshares. I mean, we I guess we've all played mechs and the plowshares. Mm-hmm. And I think the theme was an interesting way to think about like human relationship to technology and what it means to be human and how we rely on technology and what it says about identity and things like that. So I think there's a lot of interesting themes that can come out of it. That being said, I don't watch <laughs> Mac stuff, so um, you'll have to tell me if that's true about Mac genre. It things, is super so. true, and I'm going to make you watch a whole bunch of Mac stuff. Okay. <laughs> Voltron. That's my favorite thing. 
about Max. Is right. that Power Rangers? It kind of is like Power Rangers. Like so, like they're the chosen ones, and then they have lion robots that they get into, and then their lions combine into a thing called Voltron. Okay. So it's kind of like Power Rangers. Okay. Because like the Power Rangers combine into like one really robotic thing. Okay. I'm going to assume everything about that is true and that Zach's facial expression yeah. uh, isn't no. going to disagree with anything. Yeah, no. About, what yeah. I said is true. Okay. They're chosen people. They have lions, but they're robots. And then those lions come together and they make this this robot, this big robot made out of d- these different lions. And that big robot is called Voltron. I know about mechs now. There you go. <laughs> I know that I just pissed off so very many people, no. but that is legit how I think of Ultron. That's it. It's just a cute little cartoon. Power Rangers had like a robot oh my god. into, yes. right? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They are mecha. <laughs> oh my god. But You're the Power me. Rangers themselves didn't have like little robots they went into. Just when they formed all together, they all together made... I thought they each had individual mechs. Technically they did, but... formed a bigger mech. Yeah, they almost never, like, used their mechs alone. They almost always immediately combined their mechs. Except the green one had his own. Yes. That was, like, already a big one. You're killing me. I'm dying. Can we play this this game? (laughs) Do we combine into, like, a big one? No. We should. Um... There are, to my knowledge, there are no rules for combining mechs, although... Austin, get on that. <laughs> so the, the game does have um, rules and actually encourages, I think, one of the player principles. One of the player principles is to break the game using long-term projects, oh. which is something that I think is really interesting about this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is And I don't know if that's something in Blades, but it's this game is specifically about, like, one of the core concepts of this game is using long-term projects and... and trying to change the course of the war mm-hmm. through the through the game by changing the game right yeah. i'm sure like developing combining mecha could easily fall under that do it you're, no somebody you're, else not, no you're killing me no, i'm sorry so we are playing in a custom setting called the rings of woden which we uh, defined in the session zero. If you skip the session zero, that's fine. Uh, We'll talk about it a little bit um, right now, or in a minute. But uh, I think we are ready to get into it. Yeah. Yeah? Great. This is Beam Saber. As the opening theme song swells, we see a wide pan of a jungle, with a pillar of smoke billowing up into the blue-gray sky towards a massive green planet hanging over the horizon. We get a shot of a giant fish swimming in a muddy river, rippling with falling rainwater as a jaguar watches it closely. A python stares into the camera, its tongue flickering as water pools in its coils. A coffee pot sits on a pull-ignite burner in a fold-out metal stand, steam billowing off the wet ignition canister. Rivulets of water stream over an Ekian's face in the rain. The eye lights up and focuses like a camera, and a title card flashes. Rings of Woden. Rainfall. Over a shot of a giant rifle and a human-sized shell, we get a second title card. It reads... Fourth entry. Green of tooth and claw. Escape. 
You came to the wet, muddy, jungle-covered country of Gembahi on a sabotage mission. Gembahi, like half of the Grey World Sedron, is firmly under the rule of the Novu Sargasu Empire. Your intelligence has reported they've been working on an excavation site here. Your mission was to sneak onto the site, steal their research, and destroy the dig. And you succeeded, though not without some setbacks. Luckily, the Knight Gladysant that was supposed to be at the site was strangely absent. You dealt with the remaining guards, grabbed the server you were sent to retrieve, and demolished the dig, setting the work back months, at least. The two of you are members of the Greater Grey Formation, a corporatocracy of joined united space stations fighting against the imperial rule of the Novu Sargasu Empire. You are piloting giant mecha called Echions, and right now you're in the jungle. You both suffered superficial damage to your Echions, but one of your mecha is much worse off than the other. What happened? Who did it happen to? And who do you blame for it happening? I kind of think it's me. Okay. And I blame myself. I think I I think I stepped on like a mine or something that like didn't show up on my radar. Oh. Uh Diana, would you tell us about your character a little bit? Sure. Um so my character is Nikki, my call sign is River, and my vehicle is um a GGF Lyrebird model, but I call I call her Song. She's River Song. My mech is an experimental one. The outside is very plain. There's no guns or anything, but I am all about like surveillance and and um, like scanning tech. So I've got like radar and all that stuff inside. I've got screens on screens on screens showing me all this different information, and I somehow, if you agree with it. I somehow missed something, and my shit got fucked up. Yeah. So what? Uh, it, you you stepped on a mine. I I think so. Or like a or like I I set a mine off because if mm. I stepped on one, I probably would lose my foot. It'd be much. That's less of a bumper. Yeah. And more of like your hood's gone. Um. So I think I like somehow set one off because it didn't show up on my radar. So you lost like some of the outer like non-essential outer plating yeah. on like one half of your mech. Yeah, if you agree. If you think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't want you to feel like you have to take it, but no, I, I'm I just, fine with. I, I like the idea that, like, my mech is made for all of that, and mm-hmm. I it, it didn't work. Well, it sounds like our mission was could have been fairly chaotic, so um, maybe that like yeah. it might have been easy to miss something. Yeah. And sight in the jungle is difficult. Um, it's hard to get information in the in the wet, rainy, hot jungle where the two of you are carrying out your mission. Yeah. One of you is carrying the server. Let's say that it is Izzy, a.k.a. Bones. Uh, The server is a black box about the size of a suitcase. Bones, why did you insist on carrying the server yourself? I think my uh, mech is more rigged out for combat, and I think it just made sense that um, if the server was sort of precious cargo and the purpose of the mission, that uh, it would be in the most protected place, which is um, inside my mech. Um, It seems like your mech has a lot of protection, too, but it's more designed for sensors and experimentation and not necessarily protecting what's on the inside. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Which is why I was okay with you holding on to the server, I think. Um, yeah, I think Izzy might also have some personal, like, wants to take, like, wants to be the one that's responsible for whether or not this server gets back safely. Yeah. Uh, could you introduce Izzy to us? Sure. Izzy is an ace, call sign Bones. Um, she has shoulder length neon blue hair. Um, I'm picturing her as sort of, uh, she wears, like, rolled up sleeve, like, white shirt and maybe some, like, uh, leather straps that have, like, gear and stuff on oh, them. okay. She uh, is a graduate of the Empire's uh, Military Academy and then went to work for the corporation. Um, she was transferred to the R&D division from the front lines after some undetermined event where she was the only surviving member of her squad. Her mech she nicknamed Ladybug. It is a GGF Veil class mech. The mech is pretty ominous. Uh, it's gunmetal gray and has sort of neon red trim, uh, a large machine gun in one hand, a full length, uh, a full body length uh, shield that's attached to the other arm, and it's uh, decked out in sort of red neon skull decals, as is her uh, helmet that she wears inside. Cool. Now, at this moment, you are camped out in a Gimbahian jungle, a day and a half away from the site that you sabotaged. You should be safe from satellite cameras, protected by the jungle's canopy and the heavy rainfall, and you're out of the way enough that you're more likely to spontaneously combust than have a Novu Sargassan squad stumble upon you. So now you are camped out, waiting for contact from your manager, second director of operations for the 8th Palark region, Vanessa Arturia. What are you doing as you wait instructions from DOO Arturia? Is it raining, you said? It is. I think I am trying pretty hard to at least cover up the damage that was done because it's raining. I don't want it to mess up my mech. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to not fix it, but I'm essentially trying to put a garbage bag over the passenger side window with some duct tape. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to like prevent the rain from coming in. Yeah. What, what do you have to try to do that? It's like a tarp? Yeah. Are you using like your tent tarp? Uh, see, I feel like I would have not spare parts, but spare bits in the cockpit because it's an experimental model. Mm. And, like, the outside's not pretty anyway. Like, I think there would be, like, spare bits around. So I, don't, I, would res I would use my tent tarp if necessary, but I don't think I have to. I think I'm just using these spare bits to kind of put something together. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think some of the damage is big enough that, like, you, you, you just didn't have repair. Like, right. you didn't have spare paneling. Right. But definitely, like, spare nuts, screws, like, little panels... For sure. Yeah. Um, do you leave like do you leave the big panel like alone? Do you just like kind of leave that, or do you like screw in a tarp? I would screw in a tarp. Like I need it to be. Wa I need it to be waterproof because mm. I need this mech to still work. Because we're still testing it out. Like it's still experimental. It's still experimental mech and stuff. So I still need it to work and function. So. So you are out in the rain, just like start. I think it's like the the uh, like the shin. There's like a shin area yeah. that's just been like blown off and you're just putting it like trying to cover it up so my mech is bulky in the middle mm. i legit picture it kind of folded at a 90 degree angle so it's like hovering over me so i am not in the right. oh okay it is sheltering mm. me but cool. but it's its leg so i have to the leg is going to get wet so i have to bandage the leg yeah, but yeah. i am sheltered i'm not in, I'm in the rain cool and bones i think i don't know how protective you would be over your mech but bones is like 
she's a military person. She, I don't think she knows what she necessarily the intricacies of your mech. So yeah. I'm wondering if she would have offered to help, but if you would have even let me help. I don't think I'm that connected to the, my mech itself. Like, I think I'm connected to the fact that it is an experimental mech and mm-hmm. that the stuff is experimental. So I would never let you in the cockpit. Yeah. But for the outside stuff, yeah, I think I'd let you help me. Okay. So I'm picturing Bones sort of, um, like, maybe as you're screwing stuff in, I'm, like, handing you tools and stuff. Yeah. But I think Bones is also, like, keeping one eye on the weather and, like, another eye in the jungle, wondering maybe if... Uh, where we are in the weather could prevent communication, like Vanessa from communicating with us mm-hmm. and like, want, like trying to see if things are going to let up when we can start moving again. Yeah. It's difficult to do on the fly repairs to a mech in general. It is not helped by the fact that you are sinking into this sandy mud that um, the jungle is dark and there are strange sounds constantly. Um, that there is just rain pooling everywhere and forming small streams that, that fill your boot prints. You do your work and you make some basic repairs to Song um, so that, you know, the damage isn't going to get worse. It's not going to progress. Right. Which of you do you think was part, was like squad leader? Who had point? Who, do, who had responsibility for this mission? I think Bones would have insisted that uh, she was point person for this mission. And I don't think, I don't think River would have fought it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question on tech. Do you have personal communication equipment that is protected and encrypted? Or do you think that only that kind of communication stuff only fits in, in Echion? Like if we want to communicate with the outside, we have to use our Mac. Yeah. I would kind of think we would have personal communicators that we could communicate with each other. I agree. At I, least with each other. I feel like especially in our... I mean, so that's another thing is I wonder if maybe others, like, squads in other areas are less well-equipped than we are. But mm-hmm. I imagine that in R&D we're getting, like, the first iterations of a lot of ex, of experimental tech. Yeah. You're, you're GGF for the... Or you are research and development for the GGF. You have some of the most cutting-edge technology in the war yeah um so i i yeah i'm all about that i think you get a uh you have like a bulky it's still like pretty bulky but it's like a satellite phone um but it is heavily encrypted and you you get this as you are handing off stuff to uh is that my phone yeah oh uh yeah i think i step away and like try and find some cover out of the rain and pick it up the face of second director of operations for the 8th Palark region, Vanessa Arturia, appears on, on this uh, little handheld screen. She is kind of a, a severe woman with uh, closely shorn hair, uh, always looks like she's a little bit too busy in the office to like really give you full attention. Um, but she, she's looking at the screen. She goes, um, Izzy, how, how did the mission go? We have the server. Excellent, excellent. And um, any problem with the Knight Gladysant? Uh, we didn't run into them, which has me a little worried, but let's get out of here. Excellent, excellent. So this is what I want you to do. I'm going to be sending Ladybug a set of coordinates for your pickup site. Your mission is to rendezvous with the interlunar cruiser GIL Red Riot uh, with the server obtained from the research laboratory. Um, it is about eight hours north of here. 
in a large clearing, the GIL cruiser will take you to the nearest space hook and bring you back home. Copy. I need you to understand that this is a very sensitive mission and we have some requirements of the squad on this second leg of the job. Okay. Firstly, uh, management has asked that you do not leave any assets behind no matter what. No dead bodies of either of you, no mecha remains, and certainly not the server. Both of you, both of your Ekians, and the server need to make it to the drop. Wasn't planning on anything else. Very well. The second issue is that we are trying to maintain a positive relationship with the Gimbahian civilians, so do not cause any trouble with them, and if you do, sort it out before you leave. They are not happy with Nobu Sargassan occupation on the whole, and we are hoping to leave them with a good impression of us. So if you encounter Gambahian civilians, play nice. Copy. Do you foresee any problems with these orders? Not with the orders. Uh, we got a little banged up on the first leg of the mission. Any chance of backup? You, uh, so you do have a fire team associated with your squad. They are adepts, mm-hmm. um, which are scientists, scientists, mechanics, and academics. So I think, I think D-O-O Arturia says, if you absolutely need to, we can call in a drone repair ship um, on an earlier drive-by. Uh, but I don't think they're not, there's not going to be any combat forces coming to help you out. Great. We'll manage. That's what I like to hear. Uh, and I think she hangs up. Bones walks back over to River. And is like, uh, so how, how quick do you think we can get this thing moving? I think I'm. I think this is the last nut. It's, this is as good as it's gonna get. It's not gonna get any better than this. Well, Vanessa called. D- goody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just have a simple uh, eight-hour trek through the jungle to our uh, extraction site. So let's uh, get going. Wonderful. So excited. Oh, uh, and don't die, and don't kill any civilians. So... Think we can manage that? Okay. I mean, I can call Vanessa and tell her that, you know, this might be a little over our head. Mm, I think we can manage that. Okay. I I think uh, Bones chuckles and goes back uh, walking towards her mech. Yeah. So, now that you have your mission, our next step is to uh, do our gathering information roll. So... You have the opportunity to decide how you are going to address this mission. The details of the mission are, uh, your target is the Novu Sargasu Empire. Um, your employer is the Greater Grey Formation. I don't actually know if I'm... Yeah, you would know this. Um, your objective is to rendezvous with the interlunar cruiser Red Riot with the server. The rules of engagement are that you cannot leave an asset behind and that you cannot... Uh, that you must maintain a positive relationship with the Gambahian civilians. Your next step is to determine how you want to address this, uh, this mission. Assault, deception, stealth, scientific, social, transport. Right? Yes. That one? Yep. So, yep, that's exactly it. So you are choosing a plan, providing a detail. Uh, then you're choosing your load limit. Um, and then I can give you information. Can I ask, what is our relationship with the civilian population currently? So, uh, it is 
complicated. Sidron is largely under... The planet Sidron is largely under Novu Sargasu control, uh, including the country of Gimbahi. As in any occupied situation, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of uh, people siding with them. Um, there's a lot of uh, officials that are sided with Novu Sargasu. What the Greater Grey Formation is trying to do is to try to stir up revolt and garner support from the people who don't like Novu Sargasu. Okay. So Sidron, so like Gambahi doesn't like Novu Sargasu. They are mixed feelings about the Greater Grey Formation. The, so if we just walked into a village and was like, hey, help us out, that might not work. It might not work. Okay. Or it might work. Yeah. So you're going to choose a tactic and a loadout. I'm currently thinking either like stealth or scientific. I was looking at scientific too. Yeah. I mean, it's because we're just getting picked up. It's an eight-hour truck to get picked up. I'm sure drama is going to ensue, but yeah, we're just following. We're just following procedure or doing it by the book. I mean, we're just right. Like, can you elaborate on that? So, scientific is engaging with technological power. The detail is the unusual procedures used. Well, I'm wondering. So, we're in a jungle, and there's probably not a lot of obvious ways for us to go traditionally, mm-hmm. but it seems like we are pretty tricked out with experimental technology, particularly you, who has yeah. a lot of experimental sensors and things. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the science behind this is we're in a location where there traditionally wouldn't be paths forward, but you're able to sort of create paths or see paths where there aren't normally paths. Right, and it would test. It would be testing the sensors and stuff that are in my Mac. So do you want to, I'm wondering if this is the procedure or if this is, or if gathering this information is an aspect of gather, like if using your sensors, because those are something that you have, mm-hmm. is just an, is a gathering information role. Yeah, I could see that too. Do you, yeah, let, see that. Let's, why don't you do some reconnaissance before you all decide on a, on a method? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what does this look like? Um, For me to reconnaissance? Yeah. Crap. What's your name? Uh, your character's name is River. River. N- Nikki River. Nikki River. Um, I am... <laughs> Listen, you don't have to combine them. I plan on going by River. I'm just... River. River. I'm going to write it down. River and Bones. I kind of feel like I want to use my Farsight. My special move, my Farsight. Oh, interesting. Um, when you gather information with Survey, take plus one die. The information gained can be from a place and time that you are not present. I just kind of yeah. feel like... It would give me, like, heat signatures and topographical maps and all that stuff of our surrounding area and to be like, okay, there's a town over here, there's a pot of leopards over here, there's a mud pile over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what what exactly are you using? Like, what... Um, my, like, all of the tech inside of my Mac. All right, cool. So we see you, like, flipping switches and, like, looking at all these different screens, and then it's also, like, a f- your empathic abilities. Yes. Does your... Is, um song connected to your empathic abilities in any way? I don't think song is connected to my empathic abilities, but I think my empathic abilities are connected to song. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, you could put me in any mech, and I would attune myself to it, Yeah, but song is not attuned to me. That makes total sense. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, make a survey roll. Plus 1d10. 1d. Oh, and this is a, let's say, controlled standard effect. Okay. I don't think you're in a particularly risky, you're not risky situation, and you know what you're doing. Five. 
So on a five, you can uh, try a different approach or succeed with a controlled consequence. So I'm going to say you get some basic information, but even with your empathy, even like extending your senses out to the jungle, you're not getting a lot. Or rather, actually, I think you're getting too much information. Mm -hmm. So much is happening here all of the time. There's so many feelings and so much living things that it's difficult to sort through all the mess. What you get very, very concretely is that there is a river up ahead to the north, a, a thick river. Um, there is a well-constructed uh, military bridge to the west, and to the east there is a village. There's a Gambahi village. So military bridge to the west, village to the east, river to the north. Yep. And where is the clearing? Uh, it is north of the river. Okay. So your th three basic options are going through the village, fording the river, or crossing the military bridge. Okay. I share this information. Okay. I think, I think I'm imagining uh, Bones' cockpit is just like one central yeah. monitor, but maybe like another monitor like up. Yeah. And I think maybe you like you send some of the information over and yeah. to me it's just like garbled, <laughs> uh, like a garbled mess. Of, and um, I think Bones is like, uh, River, tell me what's going on. <laughs> Basically, we've got a military bridge to the west, a village to the east, and a river to the north. Yeah. I, I should I, I should can't get much more than that. <laughs> I should qualify like all of these are north, but like the river is straight north, yeah. okay. northwest, northeast. Um so I think in Bones's head, I think she's I think she's tentative to go to the bridge because that might lead to a fight. Correct. And um I think given River at a hundred percent might not be. I, this is Bones thinking. Yeah, like, yeah. River is like might be a liability in a fight. The village seems like if we're not going to kill civilians, avoiding the village seems like a good way to not to do that. River agrees. I think Bones over the comms is just like. Uh, you think your mech's up to Ford in the river? I think my mech's going to have to be. Okay. Uh, follow me. All right. So that plan to me, fording the river, avoiding the two major conflict points, mm -hmm. that sounds like stealth to me. Okay. What do y'all think? I can, I can get behind that. Yeah. And I, like I said, I was originally behind. Yeah. I think I, I think I said stealth and scientific. Yeah. That's what I meant to say anyway, if it was. Cool. So uh, next you choose your load. What is the load for your mechs, by the way? Your Ekians. Mine's heavy. Yours I'm, is heavy? So I... So Nikki is a short, thinner girl woman who uses she her pronouns um and so she went with a big heavy duty mech that, that does not hit hard or anything but she went with like a bigger one like this is like a this is a stocky heavy mech okay my load is medium i'm picturing the mech is like tr pretty tricked out for fights but i i think part of that is like being athletic if that makes sense like an athletic mech that is maneuverable yeah. so um i think it's it's uh, sacrificing some armor in exchange for, like, maneuverability. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then you get to choose a personal load for this mission. Okay. So there is a list of standard pilot gear, all of which that you, is accessible yeah. to you. Right. I think Bones went medium. I, I'm going light. Okay. I feel like I rely on... I feel like River relies a lot on her mech. All right. Then our next step is to determine an engagement role. After the mission is planned, uh, we are now going to start in the thick of the mission. 
Um, the two of you load up, and I think we see you finishing up doing your repairs, loading up your gear. Uh, what kind of, like, I'm not locking you into what gear you have, but, like, what kind of stuff does your character, like, what would we see them packing into a pack as, as they prepare to move out of camp? I mean, you mentioned, like, the coffee thing in the opening scene, so mm-hmm. I feel like they, they set up, like, a very light, minimal camp while they were making repairs, so yeah. maybe some tarps and tents and, like, coffee and burners and things like Some that. Some, like, but general, simple camp. Survival. Stuff you would take to the jungle when yeah. you, you might be, like, sleeping in the rain. Yeah. And in Session Zero, Zach, you said that Ladybug has a massive, like, kite shield? Yeah, like a, like a body-length a shield, nice. like a rectangular shield that can like be held up. And an assault rifle, right? On the other hand, yeah. Just in general? Yeah. Okay. No severe weapons for... No visible weapons. Okay. But I think I but I think I make up for that in like one in tech. And I think our I think I'm not like super armored. Not mm-hmm. made out of like the hardest thing ever, but I think I'm a little bit tougher to hit, maybe. Yeah. But I'm surprisingly light footed for how heavy I am. So we see River and Bones packing up their stuff, hopping in their mech's cockpit, and as the cockpit closes, the Ekian's eyes glow. What color do your Ekian's eyes glow? Neon red to match the rest of the neon. Oh, of course. (laughs) So mine are crystalline, kind of. Mm. Like, the light changes them. Mm. Um, And I think when I was picking my mech, like... Not I wasn't picking my mech, but when I could make some customizations, I made that customization because that's what my eyes do. They're like, you know how like some people with like really, really blue eyes, their eyes like kind of change. That's sort of what she has going on. Okay. That's like her empath. That's how like you can tell she's an empath. So we're going to start with our engagement role for this mission as you move out into the jungle and we see the branches of these uh, huge jungle trees kind of being pushed around your giant mecha's humanoid shape. We start with one die just for engaging this mission. Uh, Is the mission particularly bold? I don't think so. I feel like if maybe we were assaulting the bridge, that might be kind of bold. Yeah, to just go through the river. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think it's particularly complex, or fording the river. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does it exploit the target's vulnerabilities? Uh, I think you're under so much um, shade, and you're kind of going out of the way to avoid people. I think you should take another die for that. The squad is not receiving external support, but no one is uh, actively interfering with it. Are there any other factors that might affect this mission, do you think, that would either help or hinder this mission? Oh, there's a knight. Uh, so the special forces of the Nobu Sargasu Empire are the Knights Gladysant. There is one of them in the jungle. So let's take a die away. Okay. Because they are somewhere out there, and you have not encountered them yet. They are fresh. They are powerful, and they are they can be pretty scary. Um, so is there anything helping us? Because right now we've got one die. Yeah. Any any other major advantages? I mean, our tech. Yeah. I just mean, because it, we're part of the R and D. If your sensors mm. would be. Or the fact that we're experimental. Yeah. I think more the fact that we're exper- experimental, less my tech. I'll give you a die for that. Y'all have be- y'all have probably better sight than anyone else yeah. out here. We also don't have to use my die because they oh. probably aren't very good. Um, I was just keeping track. I have a, just one mechanical question. Yeah. So we have like these pre-made loads based on our playbooks, mm-hmm. but can we also take from the general sheet? It's just we have the option of taking these specific ones? Yes. Okay. So each uh, each pilot archetype has their own like special gear that they can have. Right. And it, special 
mech gear that they can have. Yeah. But you also can choose any of the general mech or general pilot gear. Okay. So keep that in mind as you are declaring things in your loadout. Right. That that you have both lists to choose from. Um, and there's a lot of very cool gear um, in this game. Mm-hmm. So... Who is, I, I think Bones is the leader of this mission, so I think Bones should roll the engagement roll. Okay. Five. Five. That is a risky position. So I think the two of you are making your way through the jungle. Uh, who takes point? I think you would take point just because of your... I agree. Sensors. I agree. So uh, you are making, you're you're on point. Mm-hmm. Uh when you are piloting your mech, what does that look like? Do you have to be very active or are you kind of like, are you like actively piloting each movement as you make your way through the jungle? Or are no. you kind of like leaning back and just watching the screens? What, what's this look like? Um, I, it's more of a leaning back and watching the screens. Um, I have to set the mech in motion because I am connected to it empathically. I do not have to control it physically okay so i can move it i can stop it i can do all of that without really lifting a finger um but i am watching the monitors and controlling the monitors okay you can see on the monitors uh the very um so the jungle is hot and i think you have like a like a satellite image like heat image um and the the jungle is hot and you can see the the cold cut through this like red these reds and oranges uh this cold cut that marks the river and then you see something weird move this object this very large object um moves out of the river on the north side and like moves up and into the jungle and as it moves up and into the jungle it um another two follow it and as they like exit the river, they start to warm up and mix back into the the hot heat of the jungle. On our side of the river, or the other side? The north side, where you're headed. Okay, I share this information, um, but I think I like I think I I like send over like, hey, I saw these three things come out of the river. They're probably very large animals, but we should just be on the lookout. Keep your eyes out. Uh, or your whatever <laughs> instruments. My eyes, that's fine. I mean, we may have to take something at some point, but it's better than a bridge full of tanks. Yeah. And eventually you reach the river. Uh, you can see that there is this uh, this huge muddy embankment, and then the the massive river. Let's. I'm going to say, God, I don't know how wide a, a wide river is. How wide is a ri- wide river? Who knows I geography? Mean, I mean, like, if you're talking, like, the Rio Grande is quite wide. Like, it's, like, people call it a beach. It's wide. If I said it was two football fields wide, is that... It's pretty big. That feels wide. That's big. I want to yeah. go, like, wide... Okay, let's say let's say it's one football field wide. Okay. It's a medium-sized river. Yeah. That feels that good okay? to me. Yeah, that feels good to me. Are you thinking like the Lehigh or like the Delaware? <laughs> like the Delaware. Okay. Like Yeah, the Lehigh's little. Yeah. Well it's not little, but it's little. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like like that, that might be two. You think the Delaware Maybe. is two? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we go tubing down the Delaware? Yeah, but not at the part where I'm thinking it's about like, the part around Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm thinking like the Delaware. Um it is it is a pretty wide river. Um it's also moving pretty 
quickly with the latest rains. Um, and it is, it's moving pretty rough. It is dark and murky. What do you want to do? So we got to the river? Yes. Uh, you are still in jungle. Um, you are still in the jungle, but you can see the river clearly. Um, and before you, on the other side of the river, is where those three objects disappeared into the jungle. I'm looking at the gear to see if there's anything that would help. <laughs> I must admit, this is not the option of the three I expected y'all to take. <laughs> really? <laughs> I feel like you should always just be like, all right, gut instinct, where are they going? Do the exact opposite of that. Yeah. So I think I'm going to use, uh, I have a fine mobility suit, uh, and the regular mobility suit says a full flight system, dash thrusters, altering suspension, or other modifications. Mm. I don't know if this is too far to fly across. The no. other option is that, like, maybe my mobility suit just has, like, I, I can, like, anchor my feet in, like, the water better yeah. and, like, make my way across. I definitely think, so, well, so that's a good question. Can Ladybug... What is her... Can she fly? Can she glide? Um, I think with, like, a fine mobility suit, it it is up to you. I think flight in general for Ekians is pretty limited in general. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not like uh, jets in general. Um, But I think this is definitely not too far for you to fly or glide. Is is it clear enough for me to fly? Like, the jungle foliage isn't... Yeah, once you once you clear the jungle, because this is this river's so wide yeah. that the jungle doesn't like right. canopy it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Why not? Let's fly. <laughs> like like you know, a couple hundred yards. Yeah. Can fly a couple hundred yards. Okay. You you're just going right out. I think I think Bones just assumes that like if my mech has it, then surely uh, Rivers does. So. I actually kind of think mine would. Well, not necessarily that, but I mean like surely if mine can ford a river, then yeah. Rivers can, so I don't think I necessarily even ask you. I'm just like, see you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just like take off. All right. Um, I am going to say that this action of, of flying over, um, first of all, mark your gear, like yes. mark off that you have the gear. Yep. Uh, sorry, mechanical question again. It has yep. two boxes. I believe you check both. Uh, okay, I'm going to declare this uh, is, I can declare vehicle gear as experimental. It is minus one load. Okay. It's experimental fine. Does that does that cost you like how exactly does that work? It just says you can declare vehicle gear as experimental. It has minus one load, minimum zero, and when pushed gets increased uh, effect and plus one gain. That's really quick. all it says. It's your special ability. Oh right? dang. Yeah. So I think it So you can just say that for everything? I guess. Interesting. Alright. So it's I mean, an to experimental an extent. fine mobility suit. Yeah. Alright. So <laughs> I also want to ask what rage is, but <laughs> Where is Rage? R A G E. Oh, it's an act. Interesting. I don't know. I legit think that mine would have a mobility suit. It is a reflex adjustment and guidance engine. An inter an interface system that, when activated, greatly enhances the pilot's abilities at the cost of their survival instincts for several minutes. Ooh. Ooh. So I go into a rage. Yes. It's an acronym, but I go into a rage. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you suffer the consequences, death wish and hallucinations. Awesome. It's a literal rage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Uh, so you think you also have a mobility I think, suite? I, I think so too. Not not to just be like easy, no. right? but like I just feel like if I'm an experimental model and they sent me to a jungle, they wouldn't have sent me without 
the ability to be able to handle it. Yeah, you have the load for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think I have a, I think I have a mobility suite. Feel free to take it. I will. You can't stop me. I I, I encourage suite, you to sorry. take it. I've been saying suit. Sweet. I read it as suit when I first read it. So what does it look like when you're when your gliders boot up? Now you have a fine mobility suite and you have a standard mobility suite? Yep. Okay. What's it look like when these boot up? I'm imagining that it has quote unquote like wings on the back that are like folded in and it like it folds out and reveals this like hidden these hidden like rockets. Oh cool. Because it's experimental, right? So yeah. it's gotta look weird. So I think these like rockets sort of pop out of these wings and it takes off. Nice. Bulkier unsophisticated version of that. <laughs> okay. Like, I like real talk, I, I mean we're we're both yeah, we're both experimental models, but I really like the idea of your as... big bulky mech that's like built for surveillance, but it's like it's, it's got some survival stuff. Yeah, like typically you think of surveillance as like lithe and small and yours is just like big and cuz it needs all this space for for stuff. Yeah. For I, all I the dig it. Motherboards and <laughs> Cameras and all the chips, all the chips and bits and wires, <laughs> the gigabits. <laughs> um, all right, cool. I think, uh, I think one of you are gonna roll and the other is going to aid because you're both doing this together. Mm-hmm. What, what, like to, to get across this river because yeah. you know there's something on the other side, you know there's something going on. So let's, uh, let's make have one of you make a roll to, to, to glide across here. I think it's a maneuver roll. No? Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So one of you make a maneuver roll, and I think we'll say the other is helping. I would like to help you since you went first. I also can maneuver very well. Which is <laughs> why I said I would help you, and then I came up with a justification for it. Okay. What type of roll is this? This is a risky standard effect. To get across this, uh, get across this, to ford this river. Can I push myself? You absolutely can. Do I take a stress if I push? Um, so you you spend two stress or one quirk. Oh. Do you get the choice when it when you're in your mech? I know when you're not in your mech, it has to be stress. So you're rolling maneuver. So it, I think it needs to be your mech. I believe. Um, I think I'll just roll this then, because my my advanced prototype would give me another. Die plus increased effect. Mm. But I think I'll just roll these. Yeah. Okay. Five. All right. As Ladybug and Song are crossing this river, y'all are making your way across, and I'm sorry, That's I'm, fine. I'm gonna punish Song because you're bigger and clunkier. That's fine, I expect it. Um, y'all are moving, and suddenly, uh, Song, you hear gunfire a split second before it happens Mm -hmm. and then bullets are flying out of the jungle towards you and this claw bursts out from under the river and clamps on to your foot Mm -hmm. onto song's foot and is holding you there and it's like trying to pull you down but Mm -hmm. it hasn't it it can't quite yet okay um, it's a good time for the weapon that I decided that I had. <laughs> oh, and also don't forget, you can always resist consequences. Um, so uh, this claw has reached, like, pierced the river surface and clamped onto your, your foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can actually feel it 
tearing a little bit because it's already structurally a little weaker from where the mine blew off some of its armor. Mm -hmm. um, so you can like hear the like the rending of metal as the two of you come under fire. I was already thinking it, and I had made a, a quick little comment about it, but I'm officially saying that I have armor. Like, I have the the gear armor. Okay. Which is too low, so I'm just letting you know that I have that. Cool. I have not declared my weapon yet. Don't worry about it. I have an idea for what my weapon is. Uh, so what do you two want to do? So there's both gunfire and this animal. Uh... Is it an animal? It is not an animal. But oh, it, something is grabbing her. Yes, okay. it is. Um, it's another mecha. It's a weapon. Oh. oh. But both of these things are happening. There's gunfire from the other side of the river, and uh, river was grabbed. Yep. Okay. Um, and I'm actually going to uh, add to that and say that, um, River, you get a hail on your comms. I answer. There is a very smarmy looking Ugh. ace pilot in his in a cockpit mm -hmm. and he's looking at you and uh, I think he has he has long hair that has like a middle part. It's like very fine. And he says, um, Greater Grey Formation Soldiers, you have the pleasure of facing Knight Gladys Sant Nunu Cortez, and I am going to slay you now. Um, do you have any last words? Do you have any last words? How dare you use the name Nunu? How dare you? Oh my god. So I'm going to use my special ability, which is broadcast when you push yourself. So I'm going to have to make a move to push myself. Okay. But when I push myself, I'm going to paralyze this person with my mind and or voice. Oh god. I just want you to know what's happening. You use the name Nunu. You started strong. I'm going strong. Um, okay, what happens? Usa. <laughs> okay, so this this uh, this communication comes to me. I think I think when I opened it, I opened it for both of us to hear it. Okay. Um, I don't know because it's like super tech. He, Nunu doesn't know that I opened it for you, for like, Bones. It to yeah, that I okay. that I broadcast it to Bones. So, okay. Like, Nunu doesn't know that Bro Bones knows what he said, unless he was trying to broadcast it to them as well. <sighs> I react. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to broadcast. I just immediately do That's my move. I don't think I say anything. I think I just immediately I'm going to try to use my special ability. But I have to push myself. So I have to make a move. Um, well, so what? what is it narratively that you're doing? Narratively, you're trying to paralyze him? Yeah, I'm like trying to hurt him. So I think it's going to be wreck. Right? Uh, or struggle? Um, uh, yeah, I think you could do that. Like you're, you're trying to attack him psychically? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 Um, I think that this is, this sounds to me desperate. Um, I think it's desperate great effect. You're trying to psychically assault uh, this guy who has like physical contact with you. So I think there's. there's... Oh, so he's the claw. Yes. Okay. Did... Um, yeah. And I think you even see him like he pulls back on a, on a like handle and you feel uh, this claw like jerk you down okay. to the point that your ankle goes into the water. It's when I see him move that. I don't think I said anything, but it's when I see him make a physical movement mm -hmm. and the thing move me that I decide that I'm going to push him psychically. That I'm going to broadcast psychically. Okay, and you want to you go... Did you say wreck? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with wreck. I'm just going to try to assault him. Okay. Viciously. Now, remind me, when I push myself, I get one die f 
in exchange for the stress that I spend. So I don't think you take a I don't think you take a diet if you're pushing yourself for this ability. No. No. Uh, well, oh no, because it says it just says when you push yourself. So I feel like the ability only opens itself up to me once I've pushed myself. Okay, that makes sense. Right. That's yeah. how I interpreted it. Yeah, sure. But I would take this move. I would take this move and like if I can just do it. Yeah, let's say for the stress, I would just do it for the stress. I don't care about the Yeah, let's die. say you push yourself, you get a die. Okay. Um so that means you're only rolling one die though, right? Cuz you have no you oh, have no right. wreck. I forgot about that. Yeah. I was going to roll 3 and then All right, so this is a desperate Don't you roll 2? It's and take when, the lower. But, I, but because She's pushing I'm pushing herself for myself. a die. Oh. I messed up. I just this need is... to be high. No, that is womp, not high. Womp, womp. Do I do it though? Because it doesn't say when I succeed. It just says when I push myself. Oh, uh, so you attempt to uh, you attempt to paralyze him. Paralyze him. It doesn't say I have to succeed. I do want to be clear. This is where Diana fights with the rules. Can I'm I, sorry. Can I see you really quick? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of these moves in Blades also. Yeah. And my interpretation was that the the giving yourself stress was the, the thing cost. that makes it just happen. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. When you push yourself, you can also paralyze a person with your mind or voice. So okay. like a bad thing happens yep. to me, but I also do this is what I is yes. how I'm it's interpreting this. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, mark XP for acting on a desperate action, and I think what happens is that claw pulls your ankle into the river water, mm -hmm. um, and it extinguishes your blaster, um, and b both of you see uh, Nunu scream and clutch his head, uh, and um, the the Ekion that he's in, like, is still latched onto you, but it starts, like, moving along with the river. Like, he's lost control. Mm -hmm. um, and you, all of Song, falls into the river. Okay. You are under fire, and uh, Song just got pulled into the river. Yeah. What are you doing, Bones? Well, so I was already moving across the river, right? Yes. So I think I land on the other side, and I want to, like, put up my shield. Uh, to block the fire that's coming out. Oh, cool. And if I can, I want to fire, like, over it, but if not, I just want to block the shield. But I, I think when, like, all this is going on on my screen, I think I, like, switch it off. And I think while she's, like, lowering the mech down, she, like, says to herself, okay, focus. And, like, uh, like, gets down and gets ready to put the shield up. Uh, I think we see, we see Bones with her shield up and, like, readying her nerves and we see we see song like sinking into the river and then i think the camera pans up and we see like the jungle and then it cuts to credits for episode 4 Your humble and lonely GM here, once again, coming to you with the end notes for the episode. That was a pretty crazy episode, and I'm super excited with how it turned out. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it, too. Once again, the game we're playing this week is Beam Saber by Austin Ramsey. You can find Austin on Twitter at notanin, that is N-O-T-A-N-I-N-N. And you can find the Beam Saber Kickstarter at tinyurl.com forward slash Beam Saber Kickstarter, or just search for Beam Saber on Kickstarter. I believe at the time that this episode comes out, the Kickstarter will have launched, 
and you do not want to miss this. If you are a fan of mecha warfare, if you are a fan of Forged in the Dark as a system, this is a game you want in your collection. We also want to give a quick reminder that in about... We have one more episode of this coming out next week, and following that, we are going to be starting the Blood Gold campaign, Heartpoints' next long-term campaign. We've been doing a lot of work prepping for it, and I think it's turning out really well. I'm super excited for it. We have some cool stuff planned, and I think you are all really going to, to enjoy it. So please keep an eye out and an ear to the ground for the start of the Blood Gold campaign. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, and today, player, without whom the show would not get made. Zach does a lot of work to make the show sound great, and we hope that there weren't too many technical issues for either Zach or you, our listener. We also want to thank In Love With The Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling At Nemu's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love With The Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us, and it helps other people to find us too. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Sharing us and talking about us and saying what you enjoy about the show in your social media circles is really the best thing you can do to help us out, and it means so much to us when you do it. Um, It gives me the energy to keep the show going, and it just feels really nice. So please, if you have a moment, consider just dropping us a line on Twitter. If you want to go even further, you can uh, join our Patreon. We want to give a special thank you to all of our patrons who allow us to keep the show going and make it better every week. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. Becoming a patron allows you to directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week as we continue to try out new things, uh, get new systems, upgrade our equipment. It's all thanks to our patrons. Our patrons also get cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus podcast, and other thanks. Every dollar makes a huge difference and it means the world to us. Thank you all again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one. (laughs) 